Welcome to Pretend Genius Recordings. Stop Pretend Genius! Stop them! Stop the literature of these studs! Stop bad. the pornography! It's pornography! My kid was reading this the other night! You wouldn't even believe it, man! It was freaking horrible! Ma'am, ma'am, calmly tell us your story. The crowd wants to hear. I'm telling you, the other night! Was he reading pretend genius books? He was reading pretend genius books? Then what happened? Then he decided to start masturbating. Was he openly masturbating? In public. What was he thinking about while he was masturbating? Books. He was masturbating to books. I can't believe it, yes. Pretend genius books? Yes. He was masturbating to pretend yes, genius books? Our children are masturbating to pretend genius books? What is going on in America? This isn't our America. This is George Bush's America. Masturbating to pretend genius books. You gotta stop it! Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. I read one of these fucking stories. It sounds like the blues. Here we go. It was another goddamn Valentine's night alone. It seemed like every single person I knew was with someone, making them, of course, not single. So, you know, I thought it'd be a great idea to go down to this Dean convention. I'm not a supporter, really, but I thought who else would be as heartbroken and desperate than Dean supporters right now? So I went down there, 203rd Davis Street at the old auto bar, not far from the Inner Harbor where all the stupid tourists go. That's where I should have went. Maybe I could catch some couple in a fight, console some girl, take her back to my place, and fuck the shit out of her. Even better yet, back to the Hyatt or whatever hotel she'd be staying at. That would have been a sweet night. But no, I go down to the auto bar, walk in, not much has changed except all the decorations, which I guess means the walls are still in the same place, but everything is new inside. But it doesn't really feel new, they have this old monkey stuffed behind the bar. Actually, they have several old monkeys stuffed behind the bar. The place looks run down and too far north. I look out the window and make sure I'm still in Baltimore. But nah, not Biloxi. I guess uh, I got there kinda early, it seems like I always get to places kinda early. Ordered some Maker's Mark. That's bourbon. A double. No rocks. That's how I like it. After some time, the place starts to fill up. I have one of those meaningless conversations with the bartender. I said, hey, bartender, give me another bourbon. Rick the bartender obliges. Anyway, soon enough, some dudes get up on stage. Hey, uh, welcome. Happy Valentine's, everyone, and uh, thanks for coming out. Mostly college crowd gives a good response, something typical, something ordinary. Uh, I don't look up while he continues to talk. I light another cigarette. Stare at one of the monkeys. I wonder if that monkey ever had a name. The Dean. (laughs) Organizer guy at the mic goes on and on about continuing the fight, and I start looking around to see what kind of strange I can end up with tonight. I remember what happens next, like it was clearly the worst thing ever to happen to me. I mean, ever. His name was Anthony. I remember that clearly, because I always wanted my name to be Anthony. He was a good-looking guy, taller than me, which is to say maybe 6'1". He looked like he played lacrosse or soccer or something. Thin, but in shape. Anyway, him and his two buddies, I don't remember their names. I don't really care to either. They start talking to me. They each bum a cig. I light him up. Anthony smiles. 
With a goddamn cigarette in his mouth, he asked me if I smoke. I inhale on my cig. I don't have any. Well, brother, you're in luck because we do. You want some? Sure, what the fuck? I had nothing else going on. Why not? I thought to myself, why the fuck not? So we go outside around the corner to an alley. I take some monster hits off Anthony's pipe. He calls Morrison. Now, I've smoked before, but I'm not a professional. My name's not Josh. I'm not Mr. Davis. And I wasn't paying attention to shit. So I was just taking these big hits and getting fucked up. Fucked up is right. World slowed the fuck down, and it seemed my head was getting reset every 30 seconds, maybe less. I don't know. It seemed to take years to walk back into the bar, and people were talking, but I couldn't care less about what they were saying because I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. It was some strange world of being too high and yet still aware of shit. I knew where I was. I knew what I was doing there, but I didn't know how long I had been standing in one place. Anthony said something to me about going to the bathroom. His friend nodded his head as if I should follow, so I did. Why? Because I couldn't think of anything else to do, and I was fucked up. So we go upstairs, all four, all four of us fill into this bathroom. I'm thinking we're going to take some more hits, but I'm way too gone for any of that. Anthony unzips his pants and looks at me. Suck my cock. I laugh. Ha! No thanks. But no one else thinks it's funny, and suddenly I'm trying to come down out of the clouds. Do it for the Dean campaign. Fuck Dean is all I can remember saying right then. Of course, one of them is looks like he's Greek or Jewish or something. I don't know. Fucking Hamas. Some shit punches me dead in the face. I'm kicked and all sorts of shit being so fucking high. I think it's pauses between blows or minutes. This beating felt like days. I don't know. Shit. Or just I don't want to get into it right now, but a cock went into my ass. Thrust after thrust, and I started laughing. <laughs> ah! Another punch to my face stopped all that. They fucked me, each of them. And I just moaned. They were grabbing my hips and pulling me back, and I could feel their balls smacking up against me. One of them comes on my back, and another one on the back of my head, and I just think one of them comes in my ass. They left me there on the floor with my pants down around my ankles, my lips bleeding, my eye fucking swollen. With cum on, the, on my back, cum on my ass, cum on my goddamn head for Christ's sake. And I puked all over the floor, my hands, my shirt. I stumbled around, got dressed, splashed water on myself, and lit a fucking cigarette. Made my way downstairs, paid my tab and left. Took a cab home. Cabby asked me, what happened? And I said, Valentine's happened, motherfucker. I walked up to my apartment, fell down on the steps, fucking cried till I passed out. My neighbor woke me up on Sunday morning. She asked me if I was alright, and I said, yeah, yeah, just fine. Just had a tough Valentine's, that's all. Embarrassed, I fumbled for my keys and dropped them. She picked them up and opened my door. I didn't even look at her. I said, thanks. She held my hand. Hey, are you alright? Yeah, yeah, I just had a rough night. Well, uh, if you want to talk, you can just come on over. I smiled. I looked at her. Where was she yesterday? I closed the door behind me, took off my clothes, and I cried, man. Happy Valentine's. Happy fucking Valentine's.
I think that if I write these things down, I will keep moments from disappearing. I think that if I write these things down, I can trap people on the page, like butterflies preserved under glass. It will stop them from floating away from me. My daughter lets me braid her hair while she sits by the fire and reads. I lay the braids around her head like a dark crown and twist in a necklace of red beads that belong to her great-grandmother. Her neck curves like the stem of a flower. Why does Kate have a crown, her brother asks. And I say, shh, how many times have I told you not to make noise when Mommy's casting spells? Connor wants a crown too, so he puts a bucket on his head. We laugh, we three, we four. For a moment, I feel the disappeared one with us. He is standing by the window, smiling at us. I catch you. I commit your soul to paper, because I don't know what else to do. I whisper, my children, my children. It is a prayer. It is a song of goodbye, sung by mourners in the desert outside a Bedouin tent. It is a spell that will keep them from flying away from me. It is a useless, stupid moment that will mean nothing to anybody but me. My children will rise up and call me blessed, or maybe rise up and call me a fucking wackadoo. I throw my wine glass into the fireplace to see the glass shatter in the flames. It makes a beautiful sound. Make a wish, I tell my children. The rule says that the wish counts only if you drink from the glass first. But they are still a part of me, so I can bend the rules. I wish for the moments passing, and I keep them in a circle of firelight. November, with dark garnets crowning us, and buckets on our heads, and wine, and spells cast in sparkling shards of gold-etched glass. Here it is. Nobody else can ever drink from that glass or take the wish from my mouth. Sometimes the rhythmic pulse giggles through me. I float mysteries through my pleasant cruise, ploy the wheel and pretend. Truth is told in shadows of the words you attempt to avoid. Loosely held words fall right onto my confession. Poor confession, mean confession. No words do justice to the nail palms of justice of man, stupid. At another pier, clueless one another, skinny breezing tightly. Puzzled, tempered mommies for Jesus love me too. But in the plot versus attitude wars, nothing is winning. Back to work, dreadfully. I try not to have problems about me. I'll deny myself. Die with the rest of you. In the calm, current pictures of separation, let them be. Let them be themselves. Let them find illumination in man-kindling. Let's consider the consequences. Let's count something. Our blessings. Cripples, come again? Yes, a player of many returns. I fight endlessly, save the Indians. They'll make their triumphant return, and we'll be, with it. we'll be their future. In law, in peace, I can smoke with the particles of sin. Let's quantify our results. They abridge our attempts. They become one with all and forever fill your needs. Or at least my fruit baskets are never eaten, conveying joy and surprising juxtaposition. One nation underwhelmed by leaders. Trip over that cliff, you lemmings. Hmm. Let's have many sappy returns, Napoli given in attire. Let's crease things underfoot. Save a nickel, miss your prime. Never fear the retarded sense, the natural worded quaff for the ages. Never mind a failure, a topsy conclusion, a bad clarification day. Never use the word splay. I'm warning you. 
And within that warning becomes the infinite, the hard-crested shells of your ambitions splayed out before you and inedible, rotten for years. Or what years become when they are no longer with us, what's the point? The big god stares, blankly staring on cattle being caressed by crows on their way to the abattoir. Don't ask me why you're a bitch slap from here to eternity. That's why you cower in the corner with a primer for ore, buy a big house, and will your lot to Abel. If I were to take any cake I made and baked it better, this is a promise, do not believe it. Score heavily on the OSI leaves me factor. We'll slow down now again and look at things. Dot, dot, dot. Trees wrestle cattle and hang from the moon, where the cup and the spoon have run away with Mabel. Mabel, it seems, had stolen the fakes and left town with the assistant production. This didn't stop the show. It still smiles smartly on the landscape, foreshadowing danger and rotting teeth, which die in life and thrive in their own shunt corners of planned escape later. But now, in this life, the director has decided to throw up his hands in despair for the maddening roar of Serrano's piss Jesus. Lest you forget, he'll save you if you're easily distracted. That is a life lesson and should be taken with you to breeding parties in Red Sea skinny dipping. Bring your reminiscences of callow juice and fortune baked. In the new life, it's a modest emporium of clever silk-lace handcuffs and whiskey blowjobs. It licks tenderly on veins of superstition and drains freely through the fingers of desperation. It sips wine-flavored testimonials to how you'll spend your night tomorrow if only you can reach your wana and have some leftover for the morning. Well, I'd spend all night on this if I was disciplined by a round-spectacled-wearing crusading martinet. I'd hand in my paper in the morning and go out for coffee with Bill, the magical effuser. The abusing son of a bitch might call me back and give me all his secrets of how to whip the willing and trip the fleecing. Smack you in the face with his fishing expedition guidebook. Don't go back in your word to my figurative scene-setting tarantula crawling. Let me skip the life step into your spina bifida. Don't reveal any monkeys to be. Let yourself slip into the surface of this lake of Jesus pee. Don't swim, revel, be happy shit, celebrate the cesspool, celebrate your disease, die of terminal laughter. Don't go gently into that slaughter, or do. Do unto you as you would have. You have no choice in the matter, doesn't matter anyway. Would you rather be pointless or have a 1932 map? You decide, because, after all, it's the year 2049 and you're dying of smiles. Good for you. Have a pleasant foreboding. Don't forget the need. You Dig have green and grade A grotto mob motto two dollar bills. Like your laughs make sense. September will be absolutely for celebrating off limits to your daily lives. Each individual syllable of the longest word in the English language I cannot announce due to pending litigation, eviction, and discreet advice from various lawyers employed to protect me, you, you from life of you, me, to insurance of corporate syndicating new world ad Bureau of official jejun affairs. Orders day marked number Oregon voters. Number, 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 number four zero. And if the T-com. fine print says Try again, up, it will be one more up, purchase. See also up, details not up, here, please, but rather here. Quarters I begin to let you see of the secret, but no. The secret is further propagated until such time as one, I mean, I say, or Two, you figured out in the company of one or more of our field agents assigned to today's news, your specific case, media giant, the arms, race, coconut, arm, chair, sun, morning coffee, loving, snarling elevators. 
two and a building budget kissing holy full cooperation of Krishna Vedic a business card disappearing signature rug option please wember feet one when you lie to the garden jazz free darling the most candid Sweetie search engine, baby cylinders, pairs, honey, the hell it all went wrong. We work in unison, we're together, inward for tax numbers. Lost Vegas jackpot secrets I still cannot disclose, but only hint at with words like minutia or empire. A O. Moment to transaction receipt. Please retain your pay stub and refer to your dental records with all future correspondence. Stanley Merriweather, hiking across garden, psychic jives, or. Dance music vibes to damages subscribe to by our board. Mode lines, votes, notes, knots, quotes, hopes for golden ears to hear. Sweet, sweet customer. Stop clapping. Hey, what are you kids doing there? Put your hands on your head. Get out. Officer down. Officer down. Officer down. Request backup. Hi, I'm Stephen Moran, and I'm reading from all those endearing young charms, a novella which you can find in my book, The London Silence. The brothers held a weekly raffle called The Silver Circle, with the primary school children as their runners. Joseph Murphy counted the addresses on his card again, less than a page full and some of those hardly ever paid. It was amazing that other boys had 45 good ones. They would be allowed to keep sixpence for every page of 20. He looked at his lines, Glencree Road, McDonough Road, Casement Avenue. No purchase houses, that was the problem. There was only one car in his street, a black Ford Popular with running boards. He closed the textured blue card with its holy logo. I'm just going to collect my silver circle, he called out, but they were having their Saturday morning lie-in. Joseph in the rain, barely light morning, the concrete a pallet of greys, rapids in the gutter. Knock and give the code words, is your mammy in, to the kids who answered. Sometimes it was hard to tell, discussion could be heard with coarse male voices. Many times no answer came, although clearly there was someone home. Others frankly admitted they could not afford the sixpence this week. Little zeros instead of ticks in the column. Another duck, Brother Nicholas would exclaim, making sure everybody heard the humiliation as he checked against the number of coins handed in when the children lined up with their returns. The parish of St. Floncus was a frontier territory where disused farms met pebble-dashed houses, green algae clogged ditches of frog spawn and tadpoles, stopcock shores made dungeons for bees the kids captured in jam jars, rivers that rose in the gutters in a torrent torrential rain when the drops splashed off the ground were waterways for sailing ice pop sticks. Joseph walked through a gap in the bramble hedgerow to cross to the lower reaches of Corporation Terraces in South Fingless. Ahead lay the fields, thistled and wet, with vinegar plants and dock leaves in the grass. Tinker's horses, 
ruminated, tethered or sometimes free. It was a local sport for rough boys to rope them and ride bareback. In the back of his mind were stories about gangs from West Finglas who would torture you with burning sticks. The kind of boys who got a kick out of throwing cat on a fire. On every edge of the suburbs were wastelands, ditches and culverts. There was a real sense of adventure and foreboding, never knowing what would lie on the other side of a hill. The animals were mostly tame, but some of the people were wild. Children were left to wander in a wilderness of cliffs and river gorges when they were supposed to be in school. The travelling people came and went, leaving a trail of unwanted clothes. What you would call a bluff, maybe, he had just crested, and there to one side stood a wire-haired young man, lashing a tethered horse with a rope, so that the horse ran as it could, only in a circle around its stake. Joseph knew instantly that there was no way in the world he was going to get past without paying some sort of toll. What are you looking at? the man snapped. It was the standard impossible question. It was certain he would take exception to whatever answer Joseph gave. I said, what are you looking at? No answer at all would be worse. Nothing. Are you calling me nothing? Come here. Seeing it would be futile to run and the horseman was already walking towards him, Joseph paused. Before he had time to think, the man had come over and hit him in the face. Joseph dropped to one knee, blood trickling from his nose. He wiped the blood away with the back of his hand. The man stood over him, holding a doubled rope like poised like a whip. What's that? he demanded, pointing at the blue card in Joseph's hand. It's just the silver circle, said Joseph. I'm collecting for it. The man raised the rope to strike, but refrained, smirking, half surprised and half amused to find in himself a twinge of pity. I could kill you here and nobody would know, he said hand over the money. I can't, Joseph said. It's for the silver circle. But even as he was saying it, Joseph was turning out his pockets. He handed the coins to the man, who then walked away and resumed baiting the small black and white horse. Joseph pushed on through hoof prints and knotted grass till he was out of sight and then ran. The way to the brother's house was through the school playing fields along a path lined with poplars. He was late, and the prefab classroom where they queued to hand in the money was closed, so he had to go to the house. It was secluded from the school by evergreens on three sides, and from the street beyond by a ten-foot wall. Entering the gardens, Joseph passed by a large aviary, neat vegetable plots and flower beds. Ahead, at the end of the path, steps led up to double doors standing open. In a large office near the entrance, Brother Nicholas sat behind a leather-topped desk, seeing Joseph knock at the open door. He closed the drawer under the desk. There was a clinking sound of bottle and glass sliding together. Enter! He continued writing something in a ledger balancing columns of pounds, shillings and pence. Well, Brother Nicholas said eventually, looking up with an exaggerated grin, 
And what have you got for us this week, Mr. Murphy? The money was just stolen, brother. The money was just stolen, Nicholas mimicked in a little voice. Well, somebody will have to pay. And how did this happen, pray tell? A fellow beat me up and took the money when I was crossing the fields, brother. Did he indeed, he said. A likely story. Yes, yes, read between his and can't speak. Shut up, you fucking midget! Yes, read between his press. Shut up, you midget motherfucker! You're gonna die! Stay away from the dark side! These, these, these pretend genius people, yes, evil they are. Shut up, you little green freak, bitch, little freaking midget, Blue, little fucker. Great, great anger I do sense in him, Mr. Blue. Come here and polish my balls, yes. you little midget. No, Yoda is not like the cock, no. no. That's not what I heard, you little, that stay, little freaking, you little green little fucker. Yes. You like a tossed little salad there, no, don't you? no. No, sir. Or see a grown man naked? Yoda. Ever spend no. time in a Turkish prison, you little no. midget? Spend time in Turkey? Yoda has not. 